Good morning. Do you really desire to live out the joy of your Christian faith? I'm sure we all do, but this is impossible if we do not maintain our focus heavenward. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, we read, Our citizenship is in heaven. From there we await our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Throughout the book of Philippians, we're reminded of the joy of our faith and how to rejoice in our faith in Jesus Christ. So I welcome you to this teaching series, Live It, where we're understanding how to truly live out the joy of our Christian faith. And we can do this with three very powerful resolves. Invest in the gospel, which was discovered in chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, when Paul said, I rejoice in our partnership in the gospel. A second resolve, uh, anticipate heaven, which here in chapter 3, verse 20, we are told that our citizenship is in heaven. And then a third resolve from chapter 4 is to be content in all circumstances. And so these three resolves will summarize in a powerful way the entire book of Philippians, giving us instruction on how to truly live out the joy of our Christian faith. I'd like to focus on that second resolve, anticipate heaven. Uh, author Peter Kreef, who is also a professor of philosophy at Boston College, asked us to consider the following. Suppose God took us on a trip into our future, and we saw with clear certainty that despite everything, our sin, our smallness, and our stupidity, that we could have for free all that our hearts would ever desire, all of heaven and all of eternity. If we knew that this was truly ours, he continues to write, would we not come back from such a vision fearlessly and with great singing? And then he concludes, what can earth do to you if you are guaranteed heaven? Because heaven is yours to fear the worst earthly loss would be like a millionaire fearing the loss of a penny. I love this statement because heaven is indeed our focus and our purpose is to truly have our perspective heavenward. And so Paul writes in Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven. To better help us to enter into the application of this verse, there's a partnering verse with the same message. And if you'll stay in Philippians chapter 3, I'd like to turn to Hebrews chapter 13 and read two verses with you, verses 14 and 15. This world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus Christ a continual sacrifice of praise to God proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Oh, our citizenship is in heaven. That is our eternal home. And even though we're not there, we begin to live in that reality here and now. And that is how we have faith and have joy in our life of faith. I'd like to share with you three facts of your citizenship in heaven. Three very clear facts that will help us to do as the scripture indicates to, to truly live there while remaining here and being faithful in following Jesus Christ. I, I love this 
small book in the New Testament, Philippians, because the focus is indeed true and internal joy. And the greatest joy is to know that this life is not the end. This life is not the conclusion. Our home, our true citizenship uh, is in heaven. So I'd like to share with you three facts of our citizenship in heaven. Uh, Fact number one, this is our true citizenship. Uh, We need to begin here. This is our true citizenship. Now join me for just a moment in the in the context, the human context, I like to say, with, with chapter 3, verse 20. Paul reminds the church in Philippi that their citizenship is actually heavenward. They are called to anticipate heaven. What Paul did not tell them to do was to become lags and to become sedentary in their spiritual life until they arrive in heaven. No, Paul did not author spiritual inactivity when he writes that they should have their focus heavenward. But also Paul was obviously not encouraging some morbid few of death whereby we are desiring to die in order to be in heaven. No, none of this is captured in this verse. What Paul is emphasizing is a true living citizenship that is eternal in heaven, in the kingdom of God, that should affect the way we are living now. This is our true citizenship. Paul writes into the lives of a congregation of a church that was obviously located in a former uh, settlement in Macedonia. This settlement actually became a Roman colony in 168 BC. So Paul is speaking into the lives of a congregation who were raised in a heritage that took great pride in being a Roman colony. And so Paul writes, while you have lived your life with the pride of being a Roman colony amidst a Hellenistic world, your your greatest citizenship is indeed heavenward. It's as if Paul reminds them, church, you're not actually a Roman colony. You, you are a Jesus colony. Your identity is heavenward, the kingdom of Christ, your eternal identity because your faith is in Jesus. But oh, how the citizens of Philippi relished in that Roman identity, for they could avoid Hellenistic rules and taxation, and they could have the pride of saying, we belong to Rome. But Paul reminded those citizens of Philippi that were in the church at Philippi, there's no such boasting among you. Your boast is not in being a citizen of Philippi. Your boast is being a citizen of heaven. So this is a, an incredible reminder and, and the first of three facts about our citizenship in heaven. This references our true citizenship. There's a, a direct correlation of this reference to the entire third chapter of Philippians. When I begin reading through this chapter, I become aware of how Paul is teaching both the the pattern of how the church should live as as well as the uh, the pursuits and the passions of of their life. Paul reminds them not to live according to to Jewish legalism. He reminds them by his own example not to live according to their own accomplishments. He also reminds them not to live according to the the fleshly desires. In fact, he summarizes all of this in verse 19 when he reminds them not to set their minds upon earthly things. 
Now, when you and I hear that phrase, earthly things, a lot of times we we think that the correlation may be to that which is of the flesh or that which is amoral, uh, the things of the of the earth, the things that are carnal, the things that we love uh, of this earth that we should not love. But Paul is referencing a, a unique uh, contradistinction here. Paul writes in verse 19, do not set your minds on earthly things because, in verse 20, your citizenship is in heaven. Some of those earthly things that Paul references would be, again, the boast of our own earthly citizenship in the particular place we live. Paul writes, you can be a good citizen. You can honor those who are over you, but but your true citizenship, your, your true focus is that you belong heaven where your citizenship is in heaven. So I encourage you, do not allow citizenship in this in this world to to be the predominant factor of of your life uh, the predominant factor of who we are is not that we are us citizens and we can live well as citizens of this great land but but that's not our predominant identity we're we're citizens of the kingdom of christ and never should our earthly citizenship override our eternal citizenship, uh, belonging to Jesus and being a part of his kingdom. So the first fact of the heavenly citizenship that becomes the reality of of the joy of our faith is is that uh, heavenward is our true citizenship, opposing any other citizenship to which we may find uh, honor and and, and peace and security. Uh, Missionary John Hess Yoder uh, accounts a story that he learned while serving on the mission field in Laos. He describes a time many years ago when uh, Laos and Vietnam were struggling over the boundary between, between their two regions. This dates way back to even before the colonists imposed boundaries between the two regions, and there were kings over each region. So the, the king of Laos and the king of Vietnam were trying to discern how to establish a boundary so that those living in that area would have the proper taxation. So the two kings came up with this agreement, and I'll read the agreement to you. Those who ate short grain rice, built their houses on stilts, and decorated with an Indian-style serpent were considered Laotians. On the other hand, those who ate long grain rice, built their houses on the ground, and decorated them with Chinese-style dragons were considered Vietnamese. The exact location of the person's home was not uh, what determined his or her nationality. Instead, what determined where they belonged was the cultural values they exhibited. The missionary John Yoder then made this summary. So it is with us. We live in the world, but as a part of God's kingdom, we are to live according to his standards, his values. And so that which determines our citizenship is not geography at the moment. We're not in heaven. But what determines our citizenship is, is the culture of the kingdom of God, the culture of who Christ is in our life as he rules and reigns us. And so our conduct, attitudes, actions all become the, the determination of our citizenship. So this takes us to the second fact. The second fact of our, of our citizenship that is in heaven is privilege and responsibility. Now, as I study this text in Philippians, I see very clearly that Paul was interested in his audience understanding both the privilege and the responsibility 
of belonging to the kingdom of Christ or of being a citizen of heaven. Uh, The old Bible scholar William Hendrickson writes this, What is citizenship in heaven? It is a life that pertains to and is lived in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so if you and I are trying to discern what does it look like to to live out the culture of our heavenly citizenship, well, the answer is living in and according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So consider both the privilege and the responsibility of our heavenly citizenship. First, the privilege. Consider that your birth is from heaven, your identity is enveloped by heaven, and your benefits in life come from heaven. Now, follow me with this. First, your birth is from heaven. John chapter 3, verse 3 reminds us that we can only enter the kingdom of Christ if we are born again. Literally, born from above. A spiritual birth because of our faith in Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so, yes, the the beautiful privilege of our heavenly citizenship is that we are born from above. We are, we are born spiritually. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, we are told that we are born again to a living hope. This spiritual analogy of, of a new birth and being born uh, anew through our faith in Christ becomes a powerful theme throughout the New Testament and a powerful uh, proclamation of the gospel. We are born from above. We are made brand new. In Jesus Christ, a second privilege. Not only are we born from above, not only is our birth from heaven, but our identity is enveloped by heaven, by the kingdom of Christ. In, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, 2, and 3, this is what we read. If you've been raised with Christ, then set your mind on things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, meaning spiritually to sin. You've died, and your life, now catch this, is hidden with Christ in God. The reality of Jesus and his death and resurrection, and the fact that he is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, references that our identity is in him. And all that is proclaimed through the resurrected Christ becomes our identity. Yes, our birth is from heaven, and our identity is enveloped by the truth of heaven, meaning that Jesus reigns, and he's ascended, and and he is... He is Lord over all, and so that becomes our identity. But here's a third privilege. Not only is our birth from heaven, not only is our identity enveloped in heaven, but all of our benefits are from heaven. All of our benefits are are from heaven into our lives. This is easily summarized in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Paul writes, And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. The phrase in glory obviously references the presence of God, the fullness of God in Christ. And because Jesus reigns and he's at the right hand of the Father, all that we need comes from the very throne of God and all of our needs are met from heaven. So here are, here's the privilege of a heavenly citizenship. You, you're born, your birth is from heaven, your identity is enveloped in heaven, and your benefits are from heaven. Heaven meaning the presence of God and the rule and the reign of Christ and, and that representation of the kingdom of Christ. 
which we are born into as our faith is placed in Jesus. So herein we have two facts of our heavenly citizenship. Our heavenly citizenship is our true citizenship, and our heavenly citizenship is our privilege and our responsibility. I'm excited to share a story with you from Pastor Eduardo de Vila, who uh, was, was granted citizenship in the United States from Nicaragua. Now listen to his story. My family and I came to the United States as political asylees, leaving the remnants of a country ravaged by war and destructive socialism that did not deliver on its promises. The pastor continues to write, When we came, we had Nicaraguan passports. We were able to come to the U.S., but we were not given full citizenship. We were not protected by the U.S. We were not allowed to vote. But all of that changed in 2008 when we, when we walked into an office in Miami, took the appropriate test, and swore an oath of allegiance to the United States. We were granted full permanent citizenship status. We were fully in. Uh, Pastor Eduardo continues to write, During the whole process, one aspect that really stuck with me was realizing the seriousness of a statement made by then President Bush, who wrote, We are united not by race or culture, but the ideals of democracy, justice, and liberty. The pastor writes, This is beautiful. And then he makes a spiritual correlation we cannot miss. He quotes Ephesians 2.19, and this is what the pastor writes about our citizenship in heaven. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2.19, Now you are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Praise God. When you come to Christ, you're no longer a stranger or a foreigner. You have the full blessing and protection of the kingdom of Christ. You're no longer undocumented. You no longer need to fret over where you belong or how how you will survive. At your baptism, you renounce your old citizenship and you swore allegiance to Jesus and you were given a naturalization certificate of heaven. You are now part of this new humanity. You are no longer strangers and foreigners. Once a citizen of a different kind of kingdom, your ruler was your vices, addictions, and fears. Your ruler was the prince of this world. That is what you left behind when you came to Christ and chose to submit yourself to Jesus, your new king. Pastor Edgewater, thank you for that reminder that our ultimate citizenship is heavenward, meaning we are in the kingdom of Christ because of what Jesus has done for us. And our privilege and our responsibility is to live unto our king. Oh, I pray that you'll find great joy in this truth. Now, a final fact, a final fact of our Heavenly citizenship is this, our security. Yes, our true citizenship. Yes, our privilege and our responsibility in the kingdom of Christ, but also our security. Oh, when we realize that our citizenship is in heaven, we need not fret when our citizenship here feels threatened. Uh, we need not fret when we don't have the answers that we desire, or when we feel like that our our comforts are, are are being taken advantage of. We we need to understand that our citizenship in heaven, our citizenship in the kingdom of Christ, well, that's our security. 
And oh, we should take great joy in this fact. When I read through chapter three, I notice again patterns of life Paul taught against that can give us false security. In chapter three, verse two, Paul mentioned a a false circumcision, which referenced a self-righteousness among many practicing Jews in Paul's day. One false security is our own self-righteousness, trying to, to be good on our own or depending on our good works. Another false security comes from our self-confidence. In chapter 3, verse 8, Paul counted all things he had accomplished as loss. And again, a false security can be our, our self-confidence. A third false security can be our self-indulgence. In chapter 3, verse 19, Paul described those who were not living according to the citizenship of heaven. In fact, there were those self-proclaimed followers of Jesus in the church who claimed to be adherents to the gospel, but were actually living for the appetite of the flesh. And, and Paul described them as people whose God was their fleshly appetite. Uh, their self-indulgence became a false security. So in chapter 3, and even in this present day, there are many who are clinging to the false security of self-righteousness, self-confidence, and, and self-indulgence. Paul writes, counter to this, your citizenship is in heaven. Verse 20 serves as the statement of faith that gives foundation to this entire chapter. Uh, do not pursue uh, self-righteousness, Paul writes, but instead pursue Jesus, press toward Christ, forget what's behind you, and, and press toward Jesus who is before you, press toward that heavenly call. Paul writes, don't be tangled in your self-confidence. Throw all that away. Consider that loss for the sake of gaining more of Jesus and living under his lordship. And then Paul writes, oh, don't be like those whose God has been the appetite of their flesh. No, but instead cling to the only true source of security. Verse 20, your citizenship in heaven. Oh, I love the security that comes when we read about the kingdom of heaven in Hebrews 12, verse 28. We have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. How encouraging this becomes for, for you and for me. In Colossians 1.13, we are told that we've been transferred from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of the son God loves. Our citizenship is in the kingdom of Christ. That kingdom has, has both come now, but also not yet. For Christ has not fully set up his kingdom for all time, but he has begun the work of his kingdom in the hearts of those who trust him. And that kingdom is secure. And we can rest secure in that citizenship because our citizenship is, is heavenward in the kingdom of Christ. Oh, I pray that this morning you find great comfort and encouragement. And I pray that you find great joy in your faith as you understand that your citizenship is not here, ultimately. Your citizenship is heavenward. Your citizenship is in the kingdom of Christ. I love um, what Mother Teresa once wrote. This is what she said, By blood and origin, I am all Albanian. By citizenship, I'm Indian. As to my calling, I belong to the whole world. But as to my heart... 
I belong entirely to Jesus Christ. So regardless of your earthly ethnicity, regardless of your citizenship, I pray that you can say for who you truly are, you belong entirely to Jesus. That is who we are as followers of Christ. Oh, I pray that um, you will have joy in your faith as you anticipate heaven. Not anticipating heaven because you're going to uh, be passive until you're there. Not because you have a, a morbid view of dying and being in heaven, but because you realize your citizenship is based upon the truth of eternal life. Your citizenship is heavenward in Christ, in his kingdom. And oh, I pray that you'll take great joy in anticipating heaven. Let's pray together. If you'll just sit quietly in a spirit of prayer, I want to ask you to consider your relationship with Jesus. Have you truly placed your faith in him? Do you know him? Have you confessed your sin and said, Jesus, I give my life to you. You can do that now. You can pray, Jesus, I, I, I believe in you. I, I surrender my life to you. I repent of my sins and I trust in you today for my salvation. You can pray that and, and I know, I know God will hear your prayer. Scripture teaches that he will hear your prayer and you can receive his gift of salvation today. Perhaps you know Jesus and you would say, uh, Ken, I'm a follower of Christ, but I've been living too attached to my citizenship in this world. I need to live more attached ultimately in my citizenship in heaven. Well, you can pray a prayer like this. Dear Jesus, forgive me for forgetting that my ultimate identity is in your kingdom. Help me to live according to who I am as a citizen of heaven, a citizen of the kingdom of Christ. Oh, I pray that as you offer your heart to God today, that you'll feel his presence. You'll feel him touching your life in a very real way. Father God, in Jesus' name, thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for hearing the prayers of those who are, who are reaching out to you right now. Thank you for this great reminder of our citizenship in heaven. And, and Father God, I pray that you'll uh, guide us to live more in tune uh, to, to belonging to you than belonging to any uh, part of this world. Father, for those who uh, are, are placing their faith and trust in you, Lord, right now I pray that you'll give them peace, that you've heard their prayer and you're receiving them. And Father, for your children, who possibly have grown too attached to this world. Lord, take our eyes off of this world and ultimately place our eyes upon our citizenship heavenward. Thank you, Father God, for hearing our prayer. And we offer this in Jesus' name. And together we said, amen. There's a texting number and a website location right here on the screen. Please use those to reach out to us if you need to, to follow up with any a decision that you've made today, if there's any part of, of today's worship service uh, that you have, have truly needed to hear and you're ready to have prayer or, or to speak to someone, use these points of contact and we'll be, we'll be uh, reaching back to you as quickly as possible. Thank you so much for being a part of this time of worship. I look forward to wrapping up this teaching series next week with you as we uh, move into the week of Thanksgiving and, and understand from the scripture what it means to rest content in our present circumstances. Before today, I pray that you can live as a citizen of heaven. God bless.